tonight to James chapter 1, if you would. James chapter 1. I'm going to try not to preach till 12 o'clock. That's probably the most amens I'm going to get all night. James chapter 1 and verse number 27. While you're turning there, uh, how many of you have ever been told as a youngster by your parents, maybe your mama or dad said to you, now don't get dirty. Has everybody ever been told that? When I was little, my mom and dad both would say, son, don't get dirty. And a lot of times it would be we we're going out to got to go to church or we got to go to town or we're going to grandpa and grandma's or you got to go to school here in just a little bit and you need to not get dirty. And you've got your good clothes on and you got your good shoes on and watch where you're going and don't get dirty. All right? Anybody ever heard that? I still hear that sometimes. <laughs> My wife, she says, now you've got your good clothes on. Don't be going out there and getting dirty. And I'm pretty bad to get dirty. I heard that a lot, and some of it sank in. I've got a little bit better. But when I was a youngster, <clears throat> I was raised, I grew up on a farm south of town here, down by Stony Point Community in Douglas County. And my mom and dad would tell me, don't get dirty. And that's hard for a farm boy to not get dirty, okay? But the worst part about it was we had this old mean hog. I hated that hog. She was the meanest thing you ever seen. Mom's laughing. She remembers the hog. And dad would say right before church, did you water that sow? No, nope, I didn't. I really didn't care if she had water or not. I wish she would die. Amen? And I didn't He'd go water the hog, but don't get dirty. And you could walk out there, and I don't care how far away you was from that thing, how careful you was, that mean old nasty sow would come up there, and she'd jump up on the fence, and she'd throw pig manure and mud and waller all over you right before church, right before we went to town, right before school. I hated that hog. She was mean as she could be. She'd eat you up. You couldn't get into the pen with her. You'd have to trick her. Go inside the barn and she'd chase you into the barn. you shut the gate behind her and then you'd go out and try to put the feed and the water out. That's how mean she was. One of my happiest memories was when Mike Campbell came with his truck and his 22. And he put a bullet in that old sow. And I enjoyed every bite of that pork. (laughs) She was one of the best things I ever seen after that. Made her a good hog. Mom made bacon and sausage and all kinds of good things out of her. But she would still tell me to not get dirty. In James chapter 1 and verse number 27, the Bible is telling us tonight, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows and their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. The Bible is telling us tonight, don't get dirty. The title of my message tonight, Don't Get Dirty. Let's pray. 
Lord God, I just want to ask God for your blessing tonight, Lord, for your presence, God, and your power in the service, Lord. God, I need your help to preach, Lord. I ask that you'll help me to preach quickly, Lord, and clearly with the understanding that everybody would be able to understand, God. Lord, I ask that you'll fill me and be able to empty me out, Lord, tonight, that you'll use me. God, give me the words to say that I'll say only what you want to be said and done here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <clears throat> I said the title of our message tonight is Don't Get Dirty. In Psalms chapter 106, chapter 30, or verse number 36 and 38, the Bible says, but, we're, but they were mingled among the heathen and learned their works. In verse number 38, it says, Thus were they defiled with their own works. The filth of the world is like walking through a hog pen of sin. I don't care how careful you are. I don't care how far you try to stay away from it. Every once in a while, there's some of it going to get thrown on you. Man, when you go into politics, what do they call it? Mudslinging, right? They try to dig up dirt on your opponents. They want to find something filthy and nasty in their past. If they can't find anything, they dig up some mud and throw it at them. The old world is nothing but filth and trash and sickness and wickedness out there. And you go out there and you're going to walk through this world every day as we go through our our life. And it's just like walking through that old hog pen of sin. There's drugs and alcohol and evil everywhere you turn. The television, you can't hardly turn the thing on without seeing nasty filth everywhere you look. There's greed and there's lies in everybody's minds and their hearts. There's thievery and fornication and lust and hatred and murder. I'm telling you, this old world is wicked and filthy. And if you ain't careful tonight, you're going to get it on you. The Bible's telling us, the Bible's begging us, God's giving us direction to not get dirty. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 15, the Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. In verse 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. That's all there is out there in the world today. The lust of the flesh, the lust, the lust of the eyes, the Bible said, the pride of life, everywhere you turn, it's nothing but filth. It's nothing but stink. Defilement. But we got to live in this old nasty world. How do we do it and not get dirty? Charles Spurgeon said, there are some professing Christians who try to be worldly But a worldly Christian is an anomaly and a contradiction. How is it today that we try to live like the world? We try to be a part of the world. We try to look like the world. We want to act like the world. We want to dress like the world. We want to take part in the things that the world's taking part in, whatever that may be. Music or parties or going places that we shouldn't be going but we want to be Christians. It's a contradiction of our faith. Everything, everywhere that we turn in this world is enmity against God. But we turn around, we want to try to dress like them. We want to go to, we see somebody that looks good, that's popular, or somebody that gets a lot of attention, and we want to be like them. We try to, we try to pattern our lives after these people of the world. 
It's not only that this trash and this filth that we're walking through every day, but we want to try to rub it on us and waller in it. But the Bible tells us to not get dirty. In James chapter 4 and verse number 4, the verse says, Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. In Titus 1, 15 and 16, Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and their conscience is defiled. Verse number 16 tells us that they profess to know God, in their, but, <clears throat> but in their works they deny Him. That sounds to me like a lot of Christians today. Or professing Christians. Profess to know God, but in our works we deny Him. The Bible says in that verse that unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. As we walk through this world, as we try to go out into our jobs, and we go out into our life, we go into our homes, how well are we watching where we walk? Are we watching where we step? Old boy said, when you walk across the cow pasture, mind your step. There's a lot of wisdom right there. There might be something in there you don't want to step in. Amen? Job chapter 15 and verse number 16. How much more abominable and filthy is man which drinketh iniquity like water? Pastor preached this morning about drinking out of that cesspool of the world of sin. And abominable wicked people, they just want to suck it in, drink it like water. Psalms 14.3, They're all gone aside. They're all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Proverbs 30, verse 12, There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, and yet is not washed from their filthiness. So is there a difference between saved person and a lost person? I want to ask you tonight, of course we know that <clears throat> yes, the difference between a saved person and a lost person is somebody that's saved, their sin's been put under the blood, they put their faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone and with His death and burial on the cross that He rose again on the third day. And He sits on the right hand side of the Father making intercession. And we put our faith and our faith alone in that. And that's the difference between this world and the lost world and the saved church of God. I'm not any better than anybody else. I'm just as vile and filthy and capable of sin as the man sitting at the bar tonight getting drunk out of his mind. But my sins have been placed under the blood and because of what Jesus Christ done for me, I don't want to get dirty. Amen. I don't want to go best with that stuff. Amen. Yeah, I struggle with sin. There's things that I still, I still get it on me sometimes. But I have to go to God and say, wash this off, make me clean, get rid of this filth. <clears throat> What's the difference between a lost man and a saved man? Let me ask you, what does a Christian look like? How does a Christian supposed, what's the Christian attire supposed to be? 
I'm not talking about physical clothes and whether you ought to wear a button-up shirt or a t-shirt or a, or a dress or a pair of shorts. I ain't talking about that tonight, or a pair of jeans. I'm talking about the attire, the appearance of a Christian. What do you think a Christian would look like? Maybe somebody that's modest. Somebody should have a, a smile on their face. A good countenance about them. Happy in their spirit. <clears throat> There's the attire of a Christian, the outward look, the outward appearance, the things that you can see physically, and then there's the entirety of a Christian. I'm talking about the inward part that you don't see. <clears throat> What's a Christian supposed to look like? First Peter chapter 3, verses 2 through 4. Well, they behold your chaste honor face and coupled with fear, whose adorning, let that not be the outward adorning or plating of the hair and wearing of gold or the putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. I'm here to tell you tonight, you can wear a dress, but you can still be a mess. You hear me? I said, you can wear a dress, but you can still be a mess. I don't care if you've got a dress down to your toes, dragging behind you two foot. You can still be wicked and vile and evil inside. They need to be cleaned up. You can wear a dress and still be a mess. You can wear a suit and not be worth a hoot. Alright? You can wear a suit and not be worth a hoot. Just because you're cleaned up on the outside doesn't mean you're clean on the inside. That doesn't mean that you've done business with the Lord. That doesn't mean that you've got that sin washed away, that the blood of Jesus Christ has been applied to your life. You can dress up any old sow and hog and make it look good. Clean that thing up and take it to the fair. Put a ring in its nose with a jewel in the end of it. It's going to turn right around to that waller just as soon as you get it back to the hog pen. That's where it wants to go. I don't care what we look like outwardly. I want to know about the inside. Matthew chapter 23, verse 27 and 28. The Bible was talking, Jesus talking to the scribes and Pharisees. He says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! you're like whited sepulchers which indeed appear beautiful outward but are within full of dead men's bones and all and of all uncleanness even so y'all should out, also outwardly appear righteous unto men but within you're full of hypocrisy and iniquity what's a christian supposed to look like these were the religious people of the day these are the ones that stood up in the temple. These were the ones that were, that were bringing <clears throat> the laws to them. They had name plates. They had the plaques hanging up in their offices. They dressed the part. But the Bible says they were evil. Jesus knew their heart. He knew their inward appearance. 1 Samuel 
chapter 16 and verse 7. The latter part of that verse is, For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For the Lord looketh on the outward appearance, or man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. What should a Christian look like? The old saying is, what a man is, that man before long does. I'm going to tell you that again. What a man is, that man before long does. So what's on the inside of a person, before long it's going to come out. It's going to be made manifest. I'm talking to most of us saved people tonight. But I want you to understand, not everybody that sits in this church house is saved. Not everybody that listens online is saved. Not everybody that sings in the choir is saved. And before long, what a man is, he eventually does. We wonder a lot of times why it seems like young people... Young people that I grew up with, kids that I went to school with, and it's beforehand and, and continued on since then, have come and they've sat in the church. They've went to the school. They've went to camp, Brother Van. You know what? They tried to serve the Lord. And at some point, then they, they leave and they blow out. At some point, they've had enough. They say, they just kind of go off on the deep end. And it's like, what in the world happened to this person? That person professed to be a Christian. That person sang in the choir. That person went with me to knock on doors. That person helped at camp. Was a, was a, would go down and help on the cleanup days. Would come here to, to church and, and we, 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 we learned memory verses together. Why is it that that person is now living the way they are? What a man is, that man before long does. It's only by the grace of God that I stand here before you tonight. Because God had mercy on me. At one point in my life, I called on Jesus Christ and I said, God, I'm a sinner that I need to be saved. I place my trust in you and you alone. I've had to get cleaned up several times since then. There's been a lot of times that I've fell in the mud. Been times that I've walked in the old hog pen. And God's had to clean me up. What's on the inward? What's a Christian supposed to look like? Esther chapter 2 and verse number 15, the Bible tells us that Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. She didn't require any of the jewels and robes and fancying up that everybody else did. She just had a meek and quiet spirit. Romans chapter 12, verse 17. The Bible tells us to recompense no man evil for evil, 
provide things honest in the sight of all men. These are some ways that a Christian is supposed to look, some appearances inward and outward. Our text in James chapter 1 and verse number 27. The Bible says, Pure religion undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Romans chapter 12 this is verse number two. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You say, Jeremy, why are you hammering on this so much about the appearance of a Christian? This is the verse that I wanted to get to. I haven't even got to my message yet, Brother Don. This is still working on the introduction. We'll get there in a minute. The Bible says in that verse that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you say to me, what difference does it make how I live? What difference does it make where I go? What difference does it make how I dress? My appearance? You're a representative of the King. God Almighty is on your throne or should be. And if you're bucking against that, then you're bucking against God. You're bucking against the King of the world, the Creator, Almighty God. You say, I don't want you to have control of my life. I want to be saved. Yeah, I want to be, I want to be a Christian. I want, I want to be clean from sin. Uh, I don't want to go to hell. But let's not take things too far. Let's not mess with my everyday life. I just got to live. I'm just human. No, you're a representative. You've been bought with a price. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. He paid the price for your guilt. When you get that through your head that I'm guilty, I'm the one that deserves to be in hell. I'm the one that should be taking that punishment. Not Jesus Christ. And He done that for me. He already knew what kind of sin I was going to get into. He already knew what kind of filth I was going to be covered with. He knew the hog pen He was going to have to drag me out of and wash me off before He ever died on that cross. And He said, I want you. You're mine. And He pulled me out of that old hog pen. He washed me off. Cleansed me with His blood and His Word. And keeps washing. He says, you know what? You still got something behind your ears every once in a while. We're going to have to scrub a little bit more. There's a place there that you've been hiding. Let me get you washed off again. The Bible tells us not to be conformed to this world as Christians. That we shouldn't be looking like the world. We shouldn't be acting like the world. We shouldn't smell like the world. But we're to be transformed. 
When Jesus Christ comes into your life, into your heart, you become an entirely new person. It's a whole new deal. It's one thing to clean up, to put on, to put on your Sunday best and walk in this church house or to walk into your workplace and, and look good and, and smell good, but still be that old, nasty, filthy, same person that you've always been. When Jesus Christ comes into your life, it's not just putting a nice suit on. You're a completely, totally different person. The Bible says to be transformed. A new man. That you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What I want to preach tonight about not getting dirty. Don't get dirty tonight. Don't step in the hog pen. Stay away from that sin. It's nothing new, nothing that we've not heard before. I haven't came up with some new illumination from God's Word. Most of the verses that I've read so far tonight, y'all, most of you haven't memorized. You've heard them over and over and over again. I told you when I was a young person, my mom and dad used to tell me over and over and over again, don't get dirty. My wife still tells me don't get dirty. I'm here tonight to tell us Christians, don't go out there and get dirty. God's Word tells us all through Scripture, stay away from that junk. Don't get dirty. Watch out for the filth of the world. You're going to get it on you. Keep away from it. It's one way, you know, I I talked about cleaning up. You know how easy it is to watch your step when you've got your Sunday best on. You know, if I go over to Dad's or if I go out to the farm and I'm going to check the cows after church, I open the gate real easy and I'm kind of doing this. As I'm walking across the pasture, every once in a while I take a big step so I don't step in something. Because my wife said, don't get dirty. I've still got, I'm probably going to wear these clothes to church tonight whenever we get done looking at the cows, you understand. So I watch my step. I watch what I'm doing. I don't go up and lean up against the tractor. Okay? I'm not getting nowhere near the hog pen. I'm staying away from that. But whenever I've got to go over, we went this weekend, we went over and we sorted calves. Me and Dad and my brother, we sorted calves and we gave some shots and we did some ear tagging. You know what? I didn't even look down at the ground. I was just stomping right along. I'm here to tell you, I got covered. When I got home, I needed a shower. My wife said, take them boots off before you come in my house. And things are filthy. How do we do when we go out in the world today? You know, that's a simple illustration. But we can come into church. We try to dress up. Let's say we're going to speak to somebody. We're going to witness to a neighbor. You know what? We try to watch what we're doing. We try to watch how we act. We try to watch our step. When we come to church, we want to look presentable. We talk about the Lord and say, oh, you have a good week and God bless you. 
Why do we act when we got our work clothes on? How do we watch our step whenever we're at the job site? How do we watch what comes out of our mouth when we're on the construction site? It's pretty easy to get dirty. But God says that we're supposed to be representing Him. We're supposed to have an appearance of a Christian. We're supposed to be have something inside of us that makes us not want to get dirty, that makes us want to not talk that way. We should still be washing our step whether we've got our work boots on or our church shoes. We should still be trying and striving not to get filthy and nasty and in sin and waller in the filth of this world when we're out there every day. Just the same as you would right here on Sunday morning. <clears throat> the Bible speaks of leprosy as a typology of sin. I wonder tonight, you know how the Bible talks about they would get spots and that it says that they were unclean. I wonder tonight if we thought in our minds about the sin of this world as the Bible uses the typology of a leprosy in, 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 this, in the Word, in God's Word, if we thought about the, th- the sins that we were about to commit, if we thought about the places that we were about to go, if we thought about the things that we were about to look at, as that filth, as something that would infect us, how would you watch your step? Would you not want to get dirty? you say, well, I'm going to get back from that. I don't want none of that. Step away from me. Don't even come near me. Yeah. But we go out in this world and sin every day all around us. We want to play with it. We want to examine it. We think, no, I'm strong enough that I can look at it and I can walk away from it. I can take it and I can leave it. I don't have to have that. I'm not going to become addicted to that. I'm not going to become a slave to that sin. I'm not going to go out. Nobody goes out in, in their mind, in their, in their head. They don't go out and say, I'm going to waller with the hogs. But that's where you end up at. First you get a little bit on you. You might step in some. Next thing you know, it's up on your boot. Your boots are rubbed on your pant legs and it's starting to work up your breeches legs. You get something on your hands and you wipe it off. It don't take long. You stink. You're filthy. You're covered in sin. He said, well, look at me now. I guess there ain't no, no use in even trying to stay out of it now. Amen. I might as well just waller in it. And that's the way we do. Right. Ask me how I know. Yeah. yeah. Ask me how I know. I've done it. I'm guilty. Right. I'm not standing up here telling you anything that I don't know about. But if we thought of that sin as something that would infect us, as something that's going to cover us, something that's going to destroy your life, completely change your life. 
you'd run. You wouldn't want to touch it. You'd stay away from it. Say, I don't want to be dirty. I don't want nothing to do with it. Keep away from me. And three things I want to talk about tonight before we close. First, separation. Second, spotlessness. And third is self-watch. Our text said that we should that he should keep himself unspotted from the world. That tells me that there needs to be some separation. We need to be from the world. We need to be away from it. The Bible says that at such time, at one time, some some of you was that away. You know, at one time I was a person that was covered in filth, but Jesus Christ has washed me and cleansed me. Now I want to stay away from that filth. I don't want nothing to do with it. Are you as a Christian, are you, separate, are you separate from the world? The Bible says that we're bought with a price of Jesus' blood. The old song says, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through. Jesus' blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You know when the blood was applied at the Passover, they put that blood on the doorpost. There was a separation between the nation of Israel there and the Egyptians. There was a separation. The blood had been applied to these places. To these other places it had not. When the death angel passed over, there was a separation. When the blood hadn't been applied, there was death going to enter that home. There was a separation. Just as there's a separation between saved and lost. And I asked you earlier, what's a Christian supposed to look like? There ought to be a separation. There needs to be a difference. There's a separation between life and death. There's a separation between the old man and the new man. There's a separation between right and wrong. There's a separation between truth and a lie. There's a separation between clean and dirty. There's a separation between heaven and hell. There's a separation between those that are told, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and those that are told, depart from me. I never knew you. An eternal separation. There should be a separation today. James chapter 4, verse 4, we've already read, the Bible tells us that whosoever will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. That sounds like a separation to me. There should be a separation between us and this world. 
We should want to stay away from it and don't get dirty. In Titus chapter 2 and verse number 12, Scripture says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. I know we got to be in this world, but the Bible says we need to live separate. We should look different. We should act different. There's a separation between righteousness and unrighteousness. There's a separation between holy and unholy. There needs to be a difference between Christians and the lost people. There needs to be a difference between the way I talk, the way I look, the way I act, and the way I think. Then just some any old boy out here living the way he wants to. They don't even believe in God. There ought to be a total opposite spectrum as Christians how we think from what the rest of the world does. The Bible says that, we're, that, that a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Why is it that as Christians we try to be more like the world? We want to be accepted by the world. Why is that? We don't, don't, we're not supposed to get dirty. The Bible tells us not to get dirty, to stay spotless. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 10, Paul said, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. What's it take for us to walk away? What is it about this world that you can't leave alone? What is it that we have such a taste for and a desire for that we can't leave it for what God has for us in our life? What is that tonight? Not only should there be a separation, but there should be spotlessness. In our text, he says to keep himself unspotted from the world. You can't go out and waller in the world and not get dirty. Just like that leprosy, when you play with it, when you look at it, or you handle it, the sin of the world, you're going to end up becoming infected. You can't eat the devil's corn with the rest of the hogs in a hog pen and I'll get filthy. Before long, you're going to be wallowing in a mire together, fattening up for the kill. Second Chronicles 29.5 And I said unto them, Hear me, you Levites, and sanctify now yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord of God of your fathers and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. Don't get dirty, the Bible says. The Bible's telling us now we need to sanctify ourselves. We need to sanctify the house of God. And we need to carry the filth out. You know, it's one thing for me to ask God to clean me up and wash me up. 
I've been walking through this world and I've got some filth on me. I've had some sin in my life and I want you to get me clean from this. God, I'm sick of stinking. I'm sick of looking this way. I'm sick of having this filth on me. And I want you to clean me up. God, please clean me up. But do I want to carry that filth out? The Bible says He told them Levites to carry that filth out of the holy place. Get it out of here. We ask God to clean us up. We ask God to forgive us. Oh Lord, I'm sorry for this. And I don't want to do this no more. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to look this way. Let's just leave that over in the corner. I'll not mess with it. We'll put it in a box. We'll cover it up. God says get it out of your life. Get it out of your life. Carry it out of that holy place. In your heart where the Lord is supposed to be residing, you want to keep that filth inside of you and you want to hang on to it. You don't want to let it go. God says get it out of there. Don't get dirty. Don't leave that stuff around. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse number 25. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. Don't get dirty. James chapter 4 and verse number 8. Draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things as such things be diligent that you may be found in Him in peace without spot and blameless. The Bible is telling you, don't get dirty. You say, how do you stay spotless? How do you keep something clean? Don't get it dirty. How many people like doing dishes? Everybody's raising their hands. I know you all love to do dishes. How do you keep your dishes clean? Buy paper plates, amen? <laughs> you can throw them in the trash. When you get them things out and use them, they're going to get dirty. You say, well, preacher, you're, just, you're, you're all over the place. You're contradicting yourself. You're telling us to stay clean. You're telling us to stay spotless. But we've got to be in the world. We've got to live. I know that. I get filthy, just the same as the rest of you. I like to eat. We're going to get the dishes out. We're going to use them. They're going to get dirty. Then what do we do? We clean them. And we put them back up and we take care of them. You've got to go out in the world. I understand that. We can't just sit out. God is not expecting us to set out in, in, in a hiding spot and to go out in, a, in the back of nowhere where nobody can see you and nobody can be around you. The Lord has left us here for a purpose, to be a witness to these people around us, to this world. He expects us to go out into this world. He expects us to every once in a while to wait out there through the hog pen and say, hey, you know what? You're living in a filthy place, but let me tell you a good way that you can get clean. Jesus Christ can get you out of this mess. You know what? God asks us every once in a while to go over and talk to that person that's, that's sitting there doped up out of their mind and say, you know what? The Lord loves you. God expects 
expect you to go to the person that <coughs> is living in sin and in filth and is shacked up. Maybe it's a family member or whoever it may be. And give them the truth and tell them the truth and say, you know what, this is what Jesus Christ can do for you. This is what God can do for you in your life. Amen. And you're not going to stay clean whenever you're getting out in amongst that stuff. Whenever you're getting out in amongst everything that you're in it, you're walking around in it, you're seeing it, you're seeing the effects of sin in this world. It's going to affect your mind. It's going to affect your life. How do you get rid of that? Stay spotless by keeping it clean. Ask God, you know what? Protect me as I go into this. God, if I have these thoughts come into my mind, Lord, wash that out of there and get that out of there for me. I want to stay spotless. I want to stay clean. I want to stay pure for You, Lord. God knows that we've got to go out into this world and live. <clears throat> What's a Christian look like? Saved but not sinless. Spotlessness only comes from God. Christ's righteousness, not our own. <clears throat> In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 26 and 27, speaking of Christ in the church, He says that, it might, that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. The Bible's telling you don't get dirty. You say, you know what, that sounds great. I know God's word is true. I believe every word of it. But I just haven't grabbed a hold of it yet. Let me explain something to you. Let me read that verse to you one more time. The Bible says in verse number 26, 27, that He might present Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. Can you get that in your mind? Can you understand that? God is presenting Himself with the church that has no spots or wrinkles. I'm not coming to God and saying, look God, I got clean. Look at me, here I come. God is the one that's cleaning you up. God is the one that's going to keep that sin out of your life. God is the one that you have to run to whenever you need cleaned. The Lord is the one that's going to present Himself that church. The church is not doing God a favor. Okay? <clears throat> but don't get dirty. My last point this evening, self-watching. In our text, it says to keep himself unspotted from the world. That implies to me that we might have a little part in that. I understand that it's God. I can't do it in my own self. The Lord is the one that has to do it through me. <clears throat> but that does not negate personal responsibility. Each and every one of us have got a personal responsibility to do what God asks us to do. God has laid out commandments. God has given us His Word. He's told us in here to not get dirty. He tells us how to stay clean. He's telling us where the water is. Pastor preached this morning on those wells that we can go to. And the Bible's got them all through its Scripture. 
But there is a personal responsibility. We're not just out. I'm not up here saying, hey, you know what? <clears throat> I understand that we got to live in the world. We're going to get filthy. It's no big deal. God will clean me up. I don't have to watch my step. I don't have to watch where I'm going. I'll just stomp right on through the hog pen. God will wash it off when I get done. No. No. The Bible's telling us you do that stuff, you're turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. You don't just go out and sin just because God can clean it. You don't just go out and do whatever you feel like you want to do just because you know that God has the power to forgive. and God has mercy. That's not what that's all about. There's a personal responsibility. There ought to be something inside of you that makes you want to live clean. There ought to be something inside of you that makes you want to do right. There ought to be something inside of you that makes you want to stay separate from the world. To make you want to talk right and act right. There ought to be something inside of you that makes you say, you know what, I can't do that junk no more. There ought to be, when God moves into your heart, when Jesus Christ moves into your heart, He's dwelling in you. He's living in you. There's something in there that's telling you, I just don't feel right about that. I can't do that junk no more. You know, I used to, there was things that didn't bother me a lick. I'd go out there and do that. It didn't bother me. I didn't care. But when God got a hold of me, when God got my attention, when God said, shows me what I was, and that He wanted to be in control of my life, I said, you know what, I just don't think that's right. I can't do that no more. I'm not going to be able to go with you boys if you're going to be doing that. If you're going to be going to that place, I don't think I want to go. Why don't we do something else? There ought to be something inside of us. There's a personal responsibility. When you spend time in the hog pen, you're bound to get some on you. But you need to watch your step and don't get dirty. The personal responsibility. I talked about John chapter 13, verses 9 and 10. The Bible tells us about Peter here. Jesus was going to wash his feet and Jesus saying to him that he is washed, needeth not save wash his feet, but he is clean every whit. And you're clean, but not all. When we go out and walk in this world, we're going to get dirty. When you've been saved, I'm talking to you, Christian. I'm talking to you, Christian, young person. If you've been saved, if you've been saved, you're still going to go out and walk in this world. You know what? Some of y'all young people were saved at a young age. Four, five, six, seven years old, whatever it may be. You're going into your teenage life. You're still going out and walking in this world. That does not give you an excuse to try and do everything that the teenagers are doing around you. But you know what? I understand that you are still walking in this world. Are you cleansed or are you not cleansed? Have you been saved or have you not been saved? It doesn't get any easier whenever you get to not be a teenager. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't get any easier just because you get married. It doesn't get any easier because you've got youngins at the house. It doesn't get any easier when your youngins have left the house. It doesn't get any easier because you're a grandpa or a grandma. You're still going to have to walk through this world. 
God is still going to clean your feet up whenever we walk through this filth. But I'm telling you tonight, young people, if you've been cleansed, you shouldn't be wanting to stomp through that slop. There ought to be something in you that makes you change your mind and walks a different direction. Don't get dirty. People say, you know what? I understand there's a there's a growth period. There's something about spiritual growth and maturity, becoming more Christ-like. You know, I feel like sometimes I'm still trying to I'm still trying to grow in the Lord. I think everybody does. But you know what? When my grandson goes out to meet with me on the farm. If there's a mud puddle, that thing ain't got a chance. <laughs> He's going to stomp that thing dry in just a little bit. I used to love to stomp a mud puddle dry. I might even put some dry dirt in there and see if I can't make it a little bit more squishy and nasty. Yep. If it's just water. And now then, I try to tend to shy away from that. Every once in a while... I said, John, don't you stomp in that mud puddle. You stay out of that mud. Grandma's going to get us both when we come in the house if you're filthy. There's a personal responsibility and there's a difference between maturities and growth in Christ. Don't look at a young Christian or a young person and say, I don't know what in the world's the matter with them. Looks to me like they would know what they're getting into. They all know better than that. Maybe they haven't got there yet. Maybe God's still working on them there. Why don't you just act like a Christian? Can't you see where this is going to lead you? Well, maybe not. Youngins like to stomp in the mud. But us older Christians, we're pretty bad to stand back and get splashed. We'll hang out. We know just where we can go. I say, you won't see me stomping a mud puddle dry anytime soon. But I know just how close I can get to that without getting any of it on me. Don't we? As we become a little bit more mature in the Lord. We've been around here for a while. We've seen a thing or two. We know just how far we can push it and still be able to put on our Sunday best. And we got, we got enough maturity to know whenever we need to put on a pair of bib overalls and go do our watering. Yeah. 
Second Peter chapter three and verse number seventeen and eighteen. <clears throat> Give you a minute if you turn there. I'm finishing up. Dawn, I'm finishing up. Second Peter chapter three, verse seventeen and eighteen. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware, lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to be him to, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. The Bible's telling us to beware. The Bible's telling us tonight, all through God's word, don't get dirty. You ought to have something in you that's got and gives you enough sense to want to stay clean. If God's living inside of you, you shouldn't want to get out there and get in that filth and get dirty. So you want to be separate, spotless, and keeping a watch on yourself. Our text said to keep himself unspotted from the world. Tonight, don't get dirty. If you stand with me this evening.